Hello, friends. It's your old pal, Ariel Hawani, back with another stacked episode of the fastest growing live stream, TV show, and podcast. Yes, all three right here at ESPN. Of course, I'm talking about DC and Hawani. So much to discuss coming off this weekend. Davison Figueredo, Valentina Shevchenko, Tony Ferguson, Conor McGregor, all that and more. But first, let me remind you about my main man, Adrian Wojnarowski. This man is one of the hardest working men in sports. He was dropping all kinds of Woj bombs all last weekend regarding the draft, regarding NBA trades, free agency, so much going on. And on top of all of that, he released a three-part podcast series about the great Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yes, I've listened to it. My friends have listened to it. And if you haven't, you should listen to it as well. I can't recommend it enough. It's called The Giannis Draft. And it's all about the wild twists and turns that led to the Milwaukee Bucks selecting a skinny Greek kid named Giannis with the 15th overall pick in the 2013 NBA Draft. To find it, just search for The Woj Pod wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And you'll see it right there. Download and enjoy. Voila. All right. Now on to today's show. And a reminder, as always, that listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. Now making their way to the microphone, DC and Helwani. Right hand down the middle, Abdul Hakrasan falls back. (laughs) (laughs) He's just trying to make me pronounce everybody's name, dog. Here's Daniel Cormier and Ariel Helwani. Back in your life on this fourth week of November 2020. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to a brand new edition of DC and Helwani. That's DC, Daniel Cormier. I'm Helwani, Ariel Helwani, and DC, we got a big show. We got a lot to discuss. You're back from Las Vegas, UFC 255 in the books. Man. I'm buzzing still. I'm still buzzing off of the weekend. One of the best cards of the year. Let me tell you something, man. Okay, let's look at Everybody likes to talk about <laughs> the cards that don't have the biggest names on them. And they start, oh, well, this card isn't very good. Saturday delivered. It was a fantastic night of fights. And honestly, Deuz de Veda, Deuz de Veda, actually, <laughs> he really, truly established himself as a unbelievable force at 125, but also a real star on the rise. Okay, before we get to Deuz de Guerra, I believe it is, God of War. God of uh, War. Of course. I should have just said that. I'd be remiss if I don't wish you and your family a happy American Thanksgiving week. Yeah, this is one you know. Week, this is a, you know, a, little, <laughs> a little bit of a difference, you know. <laughs> Canadian Thanksgiving was like two months ago. And this now one you know. Get, was that this one? You know, you know that you know this. This holiday. one I know. Yes, yes, this one doesn't take me by surprise because I know of Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving, and my boy L, my business partner in the barbershops, he's coming up from LA on Thursday with Keanu and the kids, and they're bringing a jerk turkey they're selling jerk turkeys down in los angeles and ellen kiana are bringing one up for thanksgiving for our families i'm so excited about it and i can't wait for my jerk turkey jerk you know, I, tur- never, I never really grew up with american thanksgiving is there like a tradition is there something i mean is it jerk turkey or is it, no, are no, you a turducken fan are you I, no, no, like that's a, my coach john smith always had turducken and i was uh. like i would never eat that like that sounds disgusting the it's a chicken and the duck Inside the turkey, which is absurd. absurd. Why anyone would eat that is nasty. But we get some dressing, we get some stuffing, cranberries, cranberry, uh, the mix. 
We get we get corn. Like it's a different Louisiana Thanksgiving opposed to some other ones. Rice dressing, macaroni and cheese, turkey, ham. And I eat and then I fall asleep and then I wake up and I eat again and then I fall asleep. So you got to remember a couple of years ago, I got hurt right before Thanksgiving. I was going to fight Rumble Johnson Yep. the day before Thanksgiving. And my nutritionist at the time, Dan Leith, he was so excited about brining his turkey and cooking it for Thanksgiving. And when I got hurt and the fight got pulled up, I flew him home right away. And I made, I immediately put seasoning on the turkey. When I tell you the turkey was white and bland, yeah. I was about to have a bad Thanksgiving. I knew he would have tried, but there's no way that turkey would have tasted good. That's it's, weird. That's my favorite kind of turkey, white, bland, cooked to the max. It, it's exactly no. how you. It's exactly how all your meals are cooked inside of your house. Oh, he's bland. Wait, and is that a shot of my dry? wife? I feel, like shot, that, I feel like what that was a shot. I feel like that was a shot. Jackler? All the meals are. No, stop, stop, stop. Eric, 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 stop, 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 stop. Oh, my. Uh, I can't wait. Anyway, though. yes, I'm it's excited. exciting times. Thanksgiving, a lot to be you thankful. You celebrate? You yeah. celebrate? Uh, we'll do a little small thing, but, you know, no family around here. It's a bit of a sad scene, but, uh, you know, you don't care. You don't invite us. You don't reach out. It's Well, it's you can't fine. come. You would, you well, would never get on a plane right now. Yeah. You're barely going to Home Depot. I mean that's what you think you know i mean you haven't really extended the invite but that's neither here nor there let's get back to saturday ufc 255 and dc i mean i i don't know if i should wait for you to say yeah you were right or if i should just say i told no, you no. so okay i, I mean, will do it i will do it please ariel ariel as much as this pains me boy you were right about this davison figueredo i mean you were right you're spot on Dare I say, dare I say, Please. you were spot on when Thank it you. came to Davidson Figueredo. He's phenomenal. And I, I, you saw it, right? Like, we, we've known he could fight. But you saw a different level to this kid. And you told the world, when the world wanted to not believe you, you once again proved why you're considered one of the smartest guys in the game. So, well, pat on you. the back, my man. You were right. You know, no one wanted to give this guy props. You know, he misses weight before a title fight. Everyone's focused on Benavidez finally gaining the belt. He wins. They claim he headbutted him when it was actually the other way around. They make him run it back. Everyone's focused on Benavidez again. They don't give him the props. He waltzes in there on Fight Island with a velvet shirt. And finally, slowly but surely, I had to just take the steering wheel. I had to say, I'm driving this bandwagon. Who's to get us here? And I just, I've never been in his presence. I've never actually oh. been at one of his fights. What's it like being in his presence? What's it like calling one of his fights? Because he okay. feels like a kind of guy that oozes star power. He has it. He might be one of the top three biggest stars in the sport right now, if you ask can me. I, can I? Well, that's to you. Like, let's not get <laughs> crazy here. Like, I mean, let's not. I mean, top three oh. in the sport. Like, in terms Ariel. of ceiling, in terms of ceiling, Ariel. it's up there. Ariel. No, Connor, you said top Habib, three. Connor, Habib, Figueredo. No, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> you'll, you'll laugh. You'll laugh now, and you'll thank me later. You take it too far. You take it too far. Like, I try to give you Connor Habib. Man, what about Miocic and Jones and all these other dudes? What about all these dudes? They don't have hair like that. They don't have power I mean, like that. You're crazy. You to you Alex Perez. A very, you know, a very. What about Israel Adesanya, your own boy? Like, he just sold. I One mean, day. Kamar right Usman just sold Juspiera. a million pay-per-views. And you're saying that Davidson Figueredo is the biggest star? Like, come on. Like, what are well, you doing? Well, the pay-per-view numbers haven't come out yet, so you can't say that he's not as big as Okay, okay. I love him. I love him. I think he's fantastic. First off, I didn't get to really speak to him. I'm sorry. Okay. I hit my mic. I didn't really get to speak to him because when we were doing the fighter meetings, he decided not to – he didn't want to come. That's how big of a star he is. He big-time <laughs> he, he, he no-showed us a little <laughs> bit. Like, he just – he's like, eh. Like, well, first off, 
he was, he was having to make the weight, right? That's yeah. number one. And you yep. know, people, when the guy says, my weight's not where I want it to be, I want to take the time, we step back. Sure. Hmm. Okay. And also, you know, the guy, like you said, cares about the way he looks and he's feeling a little skinny. You know, he's feeling a little skinny, you know? So, like, he wanted to step back, stay within the shadows, and now ensure that he got, didn't lose his belt on the scale. And that that's the most important thing. And honestly, I said this Saturday, that's kind of what people are hoping at this point, that this guy goes in heavy because when you get in there with him, he's he's insane. So that's interesting insight because his team was saying all week that we're lower than usual, that everything's going well. Apparently not. And I think that comes up when we talk about what's next for him. But first, let's just give him his props. The win oh, over absolutely. Alex Perez, under two minutes, 157 to be exact, guillotine choke. I mean, the guy's a finisher, right? This is what we've wanted out of the flyweights. And you know, DC, I saw some people saying like, stop saying this is like the savior for the flyweights. Don't forget about what Demetrius Johnson did to Ray Borg and Benavides yeah, and all those dude, guys. Dude, and you're let's, right. Let's, let's get, don't, don't forget about that. DJ I would never forget about it. That's I would never, but, but DC, we're approaching two years now. Remember, Henry Cejudo fought TJ Dillashaw with the division on the line in January of 2019. We are approaching two years of this division being on life support. That isn't a discussion anymore. That's not no, part no, of the, no, the narrative. No, no. This man this man saved the flyweights because even after Henry Cejudo, they were on life support. Davison Figueredo saved the flyweights, and well, again on Saturday, he proved why he's the face of the division. Well, okay, yes, for sure. But now, can we go back a little bit to DJ because DJ – if the division was almost gone because DJ was so dominant, that speaks to how good he was because it just didn't seem like anybody was going to be able to go with him. So they were thinking about going in a different direction. But yes, now when you have Figueredo, a guy, and also DJ is a very like reserved guy. You know, he doesn't talk totally very different. much. He doesn't, he's very, he's like a, he's a great guy, but he's kind of like, you know, very like, uh, what's the, what's the word that I'm looking for? Humble. He's very humble guy, mm-hmm. very soft-spoken Figueredo kind of looks like, whereas the you know the way he dresses, the different color hair, he's the type of guy that will make people like tune in, um, and not just for his skill, but for that star power that he possesses. You know, as you're seeing with a lot of fighters nowadays. Yeah. Um. What a performance! What a win! But the, uh, let me talk about the fight. Can I talk about the fight? Please, please. Can I talk about the fight? Because I mean, we were talking about his star power so much that we didn't even mention the fact that he fought so beautifully. You saw right away. He was switching stances. His team had him very prepared mm-hmm. for the low leg kicks of Alex Perez, right? We saw Perez finish his last fight with those low leg kicks, and he was switching southpaw, conventional, landed some nice body kicks. And when he forced Perez to wrestle him, when Perez went in for the takedown, Figueredo was actually getting taken down, tries a back trip, right? Like they've eliminated in wrestling. That move now is illegal. You can't back trip a guy when they're holding you on the feet with a single leg because there's nothing to break or stop you from blowing out the knee. Figueredo tries the back trip. When the back trip doesn't work, he rolls to almost a knee bar. And then when Perez goes, oh, I know how to defend knee bar. I'm going to take his back. Perez turns to his back. Figueredo rolls back into him, into the guillotine. And just once he got that lock, bro, you can see Perez's head was almost out, but he was able to get so much pressure on the back of the neck and the head going down. Alex Perez had no choice but to, to tap. And when you start to find in a guillotine choke, when you start to find space, you the last thing you're thinking about is tapping, Ariel. Mm. When there's a little bit of space, you think eventually my neck's going to come clear. I'm fine. But Perez, the, the squeeze was so much. It was so tight that he had to tap. And, you know, it's crazy, man, because for all that was 
into that fight for Perez, it lasted less than two minutes, and Figueredo now moves on to the next thing in, in no time. It's, it's insane to watch him take that step. And, you know, I keep saying that the only thing that's really stopping him from truly crossing over and breaking through right now is the fact that he can't express himself in English. Mm-hmm. And I think some people misunderstand me when I say that. I'm not saying, like, I need you as a English-speaking person to speak English. It's just history. Ask Habib what happened when he went from being yeah. the guy who used the translator to speaking even in broken English, right? It just makes a world of a difference. Junior Dos Santos as well. Many others did that. And it, I think it hurt Anderson and Jose. But you know what? Him and Valid are such a great pairing. Oh, I don't know if I wanted man, to have Rogan goes, do we have a translator? Valid goes, I the translator. <laughs> I translation. He just pops he out goes, of nowhere. I have a translation. Uh, Rogan's like, Walid. <laughs> like, like This guy, like, it's crazy, man, watching him. Because your boy, like, you love Walid. And he kind of. He's, he's an old school pro wrestling heel manager. He's the, yes, he's out the there conference. Too. He's just freestyling. Like 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 Figueroa's <laughs> giving a five word answer. Valid goes on for three minutes. There's no way he's actually translating what he's saying, but he's putting him over the whole time. He's hyping him up, which is what he needs right now. And yeah, so we get sure. to the we get to the press conference, DC, and all of a sudden Dana White who historically tells us we don't match make on fight night. Yeah, right? wait for the next thing. You wait for Tuesday, the matchmaker meeting. Tells us that they're considering having Davis and Figueroa fight at UFC 256 in three weeks against Brandon Moreno, who fought on this same card on Saturday against Brandon Royval. And then, so he just said, I'm not really sure. This is how it, this, the whole thing was a crazy night because Dana says, oh yeah, December, we're thinking about it, but doesn't commit to a date against Moreno. Wow, that's interesting. Then Figueredo shows up to the press conference and says he's mad that he didn't get a bonus. And honestly, like I don't get hung up on the bonuses. How the hell did he not get a bonus? I mean, what was better than that? Right. But then Valid's like, no, 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 no. We're going to figure it out. We're going to figure it out. Don't worry. <laughs> and then 30 minutes later, I get the word deals done. He's going to UFC 256 on three weeks notice. The quickest turnaround ever, DC, in the history of this sport and of this company for a champion and a challenger. Derek Lewis did it in about four weeks against you. He wasn't the champion. No champion or challenger have had a quicker turnaround than these two guys who are going to fight on December 12th. Pretty remarkable. Yeah. And that's the beauty in having guys like that fight on the same night, right? Like where Brandon Moreno thought he should have been the guy fighting for the title over Alex Perez, right? But instead, he fought the next toughest guy, Brandon Royval, got the victory, quick first-round finish. Champ gets the first-round finish. Now you go to the back thinking, wow, I got two healthy guys with another title fight that can be made right now, especially with, I saw you guys uh, say that, the Sterling fight versus Jan was off. I'm sure the company knew that, right? So when you got two clean challenger champion coming out on the same night, knowing that one of your title fights is going to fall off, the wheels start to turn. And these two guys were more than happy to fight. And Moreno looked fantastic. And Moreno looks like he's a guy that can compete against Davis and Figueredo um, as much as anybody looks like they can compete with Davis and Figueredo. I think they wanted to add a second title fight regardless of Jan Sterling. I think now Figueredo is actually helping them out even more so because, as you mentioned, Jan Sterling is off. We found out late, late, late Saturday night uh, that the fight was off. Still unclear why. Uh, I'm told Jan has some personal reasons, and so they're hoping to do it in the first quarter of 2021. But now they really needed a title fight for that card. Mm -hmm. And so the quick turnaround is really remarkable. But now you got me thinking about something that I didn't really think about on Saturday night. You're talking about the weight cut. Rogan talked on Saturday about him looking like he was 150 pounds inside the cage. Any concern about doing no. another quick weight cut like that? This in is three better. Weeks? This is actually better for him, right? Because he's in shape. He just got down the scratch. 
and the weight's going to come off even more. It's going to come off faster now. If you can make weight more consistent, it makes it easier to do it. So I, I go back to the times where when I first started going down to 205, right? It was very difficult. And it was very difficult to get down there when I fought Patrick Cummins and Dan Henderson. But in 2015, when I fought Jones, Rumble, and Gustafson, by the time I would step on the scale, it was fine. So by the time October came, when the guy came to cut my weight, I was over 230 pounds. Within a week, I had lost 11 and a half pounds, right? So I was like, it just comes down when you're doing it consistent because your body remembers that it's supposed to go to a certain weight. So I think this is better for Davis and Figueredo to continue in making the weight, and then he'll start to kind of, it'll become a little bit easier. Still difficult. Don't think for a second I'm saying this will be easy. Still difficult, but you'll be able to make it more effectively, I believe. So according to Walid Ishmael, his manager, he's going to stay in Las Vegas. No point in going home and then coming back. And so, yeah, I mean, he doesn't have a lot of time to, to be there anyway. It's only three weeks. And so mm-hmm. he will now, as of right this moment, they are the headliner, believe it or not. Davidson Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno. Here are two things that I believe very strongly. I believe Moreno will be a tougher fight for Figueredo than Alex Perez was. And I also believe, going back to a conversation that we had a couple of weeks ago, if Figueredo wins this fight, he goes 4-0 in 2020 with you know the two title defenses and the victory. It's a wrap, right? Male fighter of the year is Davis and Figueredo. Dos de guerra. Bro, four title fights, right? And you yep. Think about it. Even, yep. even the Benavidez fight before, that was a title fight. Yep. Fortunately, he didn't win the belt because he missed the weight. But that's four championship fights, three finishes already. If he can finish Brandon Moreno, there's no question. And honestly, if he didn't fight again by the end of the year, you already start to kind of go, I think this guy's the fighter of the year. Because what other champions have defended their titles more than than him? I mean, Izzy's defended it twice, but he doesn't have that third fight that Davison had in the beginning of the year. And, And as I pointed to a couple weeks ago, it's very difficult to say that a guy like Hamza Chimaev or Kevin Holland, um, it's fighter of the year, even though they're in the conversation without them holding on to a championship because history has shown that the fighters of the years are most times champs. So, um, yeah, he wins his fight. It's over. There's no question about it. That Davis and Figueredo will be the fighter of the year. I'm still allowing people to jump on the bandwagon. I know I'm kind I'm, of I'm jumping. Can I, can I, can I, can I, please? Can I, can I, can I, I, I come on? To be honest, you didn't jump on, but I saved you a spot anyway because I you knew did? you did. That's my dude. You I'm are on. I'm on. He's a lo- man, bro. I love he's this man. Guy. I really do love him, and uh, I enjoy he's watching. Confident him. And he's big, and he's so strong and physical. And I said this on Saturday, Ariel. For a country like Brazil, the I mean, uh, literally the motherland of of mixed martial arts, right? Like the the champions that we thought of from the past were all Brazilian champions. For Amanda Nunes to have been the only champion for a long time was a tad bit unfortunate, right? Because you didn't see who was going to be the next Brazilian person to win a title. Brazilian male. Paulo Costa looked like one could have been. But then we were pointing to him as the guy instead of Davidson Figueiredo. Mm-hmm. And now Davidson Figueiredo as a Brazilian male champion, it kind of makes the world seem back kind of in place because a Brazilian guy has always had a title. And um, Davidson's that guy now. What's something that works so well that it's basically magic? Air conditioning, noise-canceling headphones, meeting-free Fridays. Well, what about selling with Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch at your online shop stage 
to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million order stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autograph apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling. Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort. Thanks to Shopify magic, your AI powered all-star Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U S and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dcrc. All lowercase, go to shopify.com slash dcrc now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dcrc. So we'll talk more about 256 in a bit because, of course, a big fight has been added to that card. But let's go back to 255. Let's talk about Valentina Shevchenko. So she returns. And by the way, she might be the female fighter of the year. Only two fights in 2020, and they were kind of far apart. She fought in February against uh, Caitlin Chukagian, had the knee surgery, and then she comes back and fights Jennifer Maya. The odds were just astronomically in her favor. Maya was a historically large underdog. And so things are going pretty well. Here's Valentina, her sister Antonina, by the way, her older sister, whose birthday it was on Friday. She wins earlier in the evening. So things are going well for the Shevchenkos, by the way, the only two sisters to ever fight on a UFC card. So that was big in its own right. She wins the first round. She loses the second round. And then all of a sudden people are starting to perk up, but then she wins three, four and five. And so let me ask you this. She wins via unanimous decision. And in the end, it's fairly elementary. By the time the fight is over, it was, it was fairly one-sided. Are, were we so hung up on the fact that she lost the first round because she's, excuse me, second round, because she's so dominant? Like it reminded me a little bit of GSP back in the day. He loses one round and everyone starts losing their mind. And in the end, we're giving Maya like too much credit and Valentina not enough credit because it was a bizarre thing. Even some people, let's be honest, some people said that you guys were a little too hung up on it in the broadcast booth. I didn't agree with that notion. Mm-hmm. And I was at home being like, holy smokes, 1-1 one, one, going into the third. This is a little weird. But in the end, it was 4-1 to one and it was fairly one-sided. Well, I said that, right? I said that on the fight. I go, we're talking as if this is a difficult fight, and she's winning three out of the four rounds, right? Yeah. It speaks to her dominance. And I just believe exactly what you're saying. And, you know, people sit at home, and they they want to judge. But the reality is we're watching these fights, and we're trying to call them as we're seeing them because we're watching them just like you're watching them. And watching a champion like Valentina, who's since going to 125, has never shown – any weakness, especially on the ground. She. When was the last time we saw Valentina Shevchenko held down like that for four minutes? We've never. See, at 125 going into that fight, the cumulative time that she's been on her back on the ground, you know how much it was mm-hmm. at 125? Two seconds. Yeah. Two, Two seconds. seconds. See, so you see her get control for four minutes. You're like, yeah. oh, my goodness, what's happening? Yeah. And, and well, what happens is I'm, t- I'm, I'm trying to tell you the story of the fight. I'm trying to tell you that if Jennifer Maya is to be successful, oh, now there's a path. 
Now there's a path, right? When you're watching it and she holds it out four minutes, even though the takedown was off of Valentina failing on a takedown attempt, you think now there's a path for Jennifer Maya to win this fight. And I have to tell you about that path. But the reality is you saw very clearly it wasn't happening again. After the third round, you go, okay, now things are starting to kind of go, go back to normal. And Valentina is just so dominant, man. And she's beating people up so bad. The first gal she fought at 125, it was awful watching. She just completely just tortured her. Yeah. So Jacek, it was a closer fight, but it wasn't all that close, right? She won four. She won three or four out of the five so, rounds. So so the, the Ioana fight is the only round at 125 that she lost. She lost one one round. Yeah, she won four out of five rounds, yeah. right? Then then from then on, it was just boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Jessica I kick in the head. Caitlin Chukagan, uh, crucifix, finish. So it was like you start to see it as it's normal for her to just dominate. Even at 135. At 135, Ariel, who who took Valentina down and held it down? And she's undersized up there. With Amanda Nunes, these were stand-up fights. And we know that Amanda possesses the ability to take her down and hold her. So to see Maya do that was very surprising. But Valentina Shevchenko dominated that fight. She so really me, did. So let me ask you this. If you're Andrade, who I think is next, Jessica Andrade, Dana White said the same. By the way, I wonder if they call upon Andrade to fight on December 12th as well against Valentina. As of right this moment, they haven't. Because Valentina says she wants to fight again. Right. So I wonder if they try to just do the same card again, but with two, I think, closer title fights than the one that mm -hmm. we saw on Saturday, at least on paper. If you're Andrade, you watch that. Are you a lot more confident? Do you see some mm -hmm. holes? Do you see a path? Or is it a completely different fight? Well, here's the thing, right? If you're Jessica Andrade, you got a, you have better ability to take the fight to the floor. We've seen stronger hit people up and just throw them down. Right. Right. So if you see that Jennifer Maya was able to get on top and hold it there, you start thinking to yourself, I got to wade through the water a little bit, get close and just take her down. Because, bro, when Jessica Andrade gets to a leg, she just picks people up. We saw what she did to Rose to finish the fight. We saw how she just threw Caitlin Chukagian down like Caitlin just was 105 pounds. She just slams you. So, yeah, it gives you a little bit of confidence. Right. It gives you the idea that you can go and implement that game plan. But there's never going to be a clear path to beating Valentina Shevchenko. She can wrestle, man. She can defend herself. And you saw with her and her sister, they're both working on getting better in the areas where we as fans and people that are calling the fights view their not – I don't want to say weaknesses, but view the easiest way to try and beat them, and that's by taking them down. They're getting better there. So that's the story as far as the main and co-main on Saturday is concerned. A bunch of other uh, names that we can discuss, but I want to do I want I want to bring up Joaquin Buckley because mm -hmm. I feel like he was getting a ton of buzz going into the fight card because of what he did around a month and a half or so ago with that incredible knockout. Uh, the 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 next fight, there's always a lot of pressure. We talked about that. How are you gonna you know top it? And he even admitted credit to him. He said to Joe Rogan, you know, he felt that pressure early on. He felt a little bit off, but then of course he calmed down. He ended up knocking out Jordan Wright. And then he cut that great promo and James Krause wouldn't even say his name. What did you think of the return of Buckley? Were you as yeah. impressed with him? So it's very difficult to follow up with Joaquin Buckley did on fight Island. And you could never recreate that, but what he did against Jordan was about as good as it can be, right? Because he got another knockout. And he got another bonus. And the hype continues. Because not only did the hype continue with the victory, he's on to the next thing. An even bigger bad blood fight, right? You, you cannot deny the fact that him and James Carl should fight. Because I remember on Fight Island, 
James Krause was in the fighter meeting. Could not stand Joaquin Buckley. Can't stand Joaquin Buckley. He was he just cannot stand Joaquin Buckley. And obviously it's it's public because Joaquin is very aware of it. These guys are both from the same area in Kansas City. Like I don't know what caused the beef, but to his credit, I feel like Joaquin showed a lot of maturity. I I feel like he showed a lot of patience and calmness to deal with the expectation of who he is today opposed to who he was earlier in the year when he, you know, when he lost to Kevin Holland, right? He's maturing, he's getting better. And he's speaking to a lot of things now that are available to him that make him a better fighter. He said, you know, before I was kind of freestyling. I had, I had one partner. I had one, one coach. He goes, now I have everything. I've got a team of people trying to help me prepare to be a champion. And it showed, and dude, he hit Jordan, uh, Jordan with the, uh, the right hand. It mm. was so nasty, Doug. I mean, he's so powerful and strong. I can't wait to watch him fight again. And I cannot wait to watch him and Krause fight. You know, it's a very interesting time right now with these young, powerful guys that are knocking people out. Him, Chaos Williams. Mm. The Chaos was in the fight on Saturday. I met him for the first time, told him how proud I am of him to see him and the way that he's carrying himself. He's watching, going crazy when Joaquin Buckley got the knockout. And these guys are going back and forth, knocking people out. I think it's phenomenal. And I think that if Joaquin can continue to improve, he can be a player in this division, a very difficult division because Kevin Holland has no lack of confidence if he's ever to fight him again, right? So it's like you got to, like, keep getting better and and keep – exceeding the expectations that not people put on you, but the expectation that you put on yourself. I love a good old fashioned mid card feud. You know, nothing makes me more excited than a couple of mid card. And I'm not saying that disrespectfully, but you know, the buzz always is reserved for the top fights. Mm -hmm. And then the rest is just kind of filler. When you have two guys who, you know, are, are targeting each other, mid carters right now and and there's a feud and there's bad blood that's that's a gift to the ufc matchmakers they could just put that one together it's a beautiful thing and i hope they do do it on uh and they're the asking Connor. for fight fight island with yeah. connor january yeah, 23rd with, with connor and, and dustin that's smart it, all eyes will be on those guys and you throw that fight on as a third fight from the top you know like you put a good co-main event connor and dustin at the top third fight from the top, or maybe you put those guys to start the pay-per-view, right? You want a slobber knocker, like yeah. the, like old JR used to say, you want a slobber knocker to start the night. You always want to put a fight that's going to deliver to start the pay-per-view. I might slot those guys right there and just let them go sling at it. Uh, shout out to Caitlin Chukagian with a big win, Paul Craig mm-hmm. with a big win, Antonina Shevchenko, as I said, Nicholas Dalby, Sasha Polotnikov of Hong Kong, who's a graduate of Helwani Boxing, I learned uh, this past weekend. So another big weekend for us. I mean, there's footage. So, I mean, what can I say? You know, it's right there for everyone to see. So a big one. Um, One last quick thing before we go, DC. Do you want to see Mike Perry still in the UFC or do you think that they should move on? What what do we make Mm -hmm. of Mike Perry this past weekend? Missing weight, everything leading up. Is it, you know, he loses to Tim Means. Mm -hmm. Do we we want to see him still there? Do you want to see him? I think Mike Perry's talented, right? You got to think the last fight, he just beat Mickey Gall. He just beat Mickey Gall and showed a lot of skill, showed a lot of skill in the first round of the Tim Means fight and a lot of toughness and durability to end the fight. There's a lot that comes with Mike Perry. I mean, this is not some mystery. So I think you got to be, you got to evaluate it. You got to go back and talk to him and see if he's willing to make the changes because that going up there and missing weight by four pounds and, and kind of making fun of the situation is really bad. It's really bad and shows a lack of, of, of discipline, 
discipline, but not only just discipline, right? You have to, you and Tim Means now are business partners. You're mm-hmm. in the business of getting getting on the scale together, fighting and putting on a good show, getting the bosses to all feel good about you and your opponent when you're done, right? You give us a great fight. You do everything professional. And, and that was, uh, he didn't do it. And it, he didn't show any remorse for missing the weight, right? To get up there and, and, and do the, uh, the dab. The dab. That's not, that's, 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 it's unfortunate. It shows a real lack of, of uh, remorse for, for not making the weight, especially with all the videos that were out, him eating hamburgers and pizzas. It was cool at first, but at a point you got to reel it back and be professional. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, so that's 255. A ton of news since we last spoke. So let's talk about Tony Ferguson because you remember last week, we spoke about Ferguson and Michael Chandler. We talked about whether or not uh, Michael Chandler was turning heel uh, in a subtle way on all of us. Well, this is what happened. This is a weird one, DC. So the end result is that Tony Ferguson is fighting Charles Dubronx Oliveira on December 12th at UFC 256. That's a phenomenal fight. Yes. Charles Oliveira has won seven in a row. He doesn't get talked about enough as one of the top guys at 155. He's on quite the streak. We haven't seen him since his win over Kevin Lee back when the whole pandemic started in that empty arena in Brazil. So it's a great fight on paper. But this is weird what happened here, DC. Listen to what happened here. So remember they were supposed to make the fight on October 24th. It was supposed to be Ferguson Poirier. Poirier has issues, contract issues. So they go Ferguson Chandler. Ferguson says, no, he wants Poirier. Then they drop both of them. Chandler's the backup fighter, right? So then the dust settles there and Ferguson kind of sees all the love that Chandler is getting. And he's like, you know what? I want to fight that guy. Let's do it December 12th. And so, okay. So they go to the UFC, say December 12th. UFC tells Tony Ferguson, per my discussions with both sides, uh, no, he's booked. Michael Chandler's booked. He's fighting on January 23rd. Okay, that's weird. Michael Chandler does an interview with ESPN's Brad Okamoto and says, I'll fight Tony Ferguson on January 23rd. Tony Ferguson <laughs> says, hey, you're already booked. What are you talking about? <laughs> and so there's all this confusion. In the end, he's like, you know what? I'm moving on. I'm going to go fight Charles Oliveira. We don't even know who Michael Chandler is fighting. We could get to that in a moment. But this fight has now been added to the pay-per-view card. And I don't think anyone's complaining because it's a great fight on paper. It's just kind of weird how they got there. Yeah, sometimes getting to the best place takes you in a roundabout way, right? <laughs> but eventually we come to this one. And can you can anyone complain about Charles Oliveira versus Tony no. Ferguson? That's a fantastic fight. And it also gives Oliveira a chance to really move himself even further up the division. There was a time where Charles Oliveira was a kid that could submit you. He could beat anybody, but he also could lose to anybody. He has shown now a maturity, an advancement of his skill level. And he's in there with the best fighters in the world. The fight against Kevin Lee... I mean, I got to be honest, when, when the fight was booked, I was like, man, Kevin Lee, too big, too physical. Oliver used to fight 145. I don't know if he'll be able to handle him. Got the victory. Tony Ferguson seems to be a style nightmare for him, at least for the old Charles Oliveira, because the guy with pressure, the guy that would make him uh, fight harder than he wanted to, the guy that could withstand everything that he threw, usually would kind of like, almost like a tidal wave, would just overtake Charles Oliveira. 
he gets through this, it shows that the evolution is complete. He is now a guy that can go with anybody and those mental lapses that he would have before are, are of the past. And it's shown on the seven by win streak. It's shown in the times that he's had to bounce back, but he's never been in a fight with anyone like Tony Ferguson. Ferguson is as gifted and as, as good as anyone that he's ever been in the octagon with. It's going to be a, a great fight. Those guys are going to bring it from start to finish. There's going to be a lot of blood and um, it's going to be fun. I can't wait. I'm calling it. DC, what do you think of this idea? What do you think of bumping up Ferguson and Oliveira to the main event of the December 12th card? Co-main event is Junior Dos Santos versus Surreal Gan. So that's a great fight at heavyweight. And then doing Figueredo versus Moreno on December 19th. Now the December 19th card is 256 because December 19th oh, is considerably more card, right? Hamzat versus Leon, Wonderboy versus Jeff Neal, Rob Font versus Marlon Moraes, Misha Serkinov versus Ryan Spann, Jose Aldo versus Marlon Vera, Michelle Pejeda versus Chaos Williams. That's the pay-per-view card. Why don't you put the flyweight title at the top of that one, do Ferguson Oliveira as a fight night main event? And now, I mean, doesn't that make a lot more sense? Well, you know, you know, at the UFC, you know, everybody's very aware that it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Yeah, UFC want to give them something for Christmas, you know, like, hey, go to E. ESPN will give you this great fight card at the end of the year for free. Why you want to put see RS the thing, man? The fans love you. They yeah. come back, they go back and forth with you. They love you, they hate you. I love you, I hate you. But then, like, <laughs> <laughs> we want to give it to them for free. You you have okay, wants to give it for free. But, but what, what might happen is people five, skipping the, the 12 you, and going to the 19th. I'm trying to I'm trying but, to even but, it out. But, but, but the 19th free. Okay, you ain't gotta pay for it. All right. You ain't got to pay 65, which is Listen, a very, I'm, very I'm cheap happy. price for a pay-per-view. It's yeah. like you got to j- get through the 12th with the, the great Davison DeGata, you know, <laughs> get him, get Davison DeGata's fight over. And then you go to the end of the year, Edwards, Hamzad. I mean, Jeff, the Jeff Neal Wonderboy fight is the one that I'm super fired up about because Jeff Neal's in his big first real test of his career. It's And then how does Chaos Williams handle – uh, that's going to be insane. Uh, Michelle Pajeda. I mean, boy, this is, I mean, it's a great fight card, but like I said, it's starting to look like Christmas, baby. It's snowing outside. It's a little bit nipply. It's cold, <laughs> a little chilly. I mean, you know, it's a little chilly. Go, go, go on the couch, December 19th, cuddle up with your loved one, get under a blanket. Oh, this is nice. Hot I'm getting all cozy now. You know, get a little hot cocoa, sit in front of the fire and enjoy the fan, the, the festivities of the best fight night card. The UFC has put on in years. Okay. We, say, you know, we, said, we just said this about Woodley Covington. You know, this, this right? is the, one of the best fight night cards. I said one of. If I said one of, then Woodley and Covington could still be one of those two, right? I mean, sure. come on, man. Sure. The best fight night. So get next to your loved one. Hug her real close. You know, baby, baby, you're in for a great night. <laughs> no, there's you're no chance. The dulcet, hey, the dulcet <laughs> tones of DC calling the fights, Ooh. the great fights. Inside wow, you know it's big run. when DC shows up for a fight night. You know it's big. Doesn't always show up for a fight night. <laughs> the big Dang. one, baby. Hey, by the way, Michael Chandler, I feel like there's three options. There's Dan Hooker. There's RDA. There's Justin Gaethje. Like, who's this guy? Who's this mystery guy on January 23rd that Michael Chandler has lined up? It must be Gaethje, right? It must. I be don't Gaethje. know. I mean, it, it, I, for me, it feels like Gaethje. Old Chandler, <laughs> old Chandler's ghosting me now. I mean, this guy is the. <laughs> you made him mad. Yeah. You probably made him mad too. Did you well, make him mad? Everyone, everyone. Every week, someone's words. mad. Yeah, last week, week it was we last week it was Tony said. Ferguson who got mad at me for defending him. That was bizarre <laughs> one. <laughs> well, hey, that's the thing. That's the thing. Ed. With Tony, you can't get upset, you know, because sometimes yeah. you, 
Nobody knows how Tony's processing things, right? It might seem so clear to the world, but Tony's going to kind of take it however he wants to take it. At one point, Tony was mad at me. And I was like, well, Tony, he told me he was going to low single me. I was like, Tony, why you want to take me down? What did I do to you? You know, I've been only supportive. And then the next thing, he's telling me he wants to train together. Oh, so yeah, I just kind of take, I I just take it, uh, just ride the wave with Tony Ferguson. But um, Chandler and, and Gaethje would be fantastic. But boy, could you imagine Chandler and Dan Hooker? I mean, no, all, all three. Burner, I like all be, three. It'd be it'd be great. Um, probably Gaethje, man. I think you got to put him at the top. Start him at the very top. If he's gonna okay. be what you expect him to be. Well, speaking of the lightweight division, we finally got official word that Conor McGregor has signed his bout agreement. We found that on Thursday. He told the Mac Life, by the way, his own website. I don't know how they broke that news. I don't know how they got the <laughs> scoop on that one. Someone needs to look into that one. But uh, it is official, January twenty third. It looks like it's going to Abu Dhabi, and they're they're talking about an international fight week and pool parties and all this stuff. Dang, you're, you're going to be going over there for that. That's a big time thing, man. I mean, like yeah. we're back with the fans in Abu Dhabi yeah. at the new arena, Etihad yeah, Arena. It's a beautiful arena, Etihad. I went there. You went, I got right? A private tour. I had a private tour with Dana. Fantastic, beautiful arena. I probably I will not partake in the parties. Why? I still have not gotten to that point yet. I'm not I'm not comfortable you. enough with that at this point. I'm still a little bit afraid of everything. But you, to, interesting to experience all that would be crazy. And I believe, but, but see, the thing about Abu Dhabi is they'll go above and beyond to ensure safety. You know, mm-hmm. like, it's not like they're just going to let random people go into a fight. People aren't going to just leave their homes and show up at the event. There's going to be testing. There's going to be, I mean, I saw Javier Mendez getting the vaccine. Oh, yeah. There. He's you know, one of the first ago. people on the planet I mean, with the vaccine. I've got, va- got a vaccine. I've got a vaccine over there. So, I mean, people are going to be okay to go into the event, right? So it's like, I don't think uh, it won't be dangerous for the fighters, uh, the staff, or anyone at the UFC. But going back to Fight Island, man, very exciting. It's fun. Connor fighting in front of fans, potentially. Oh, that would be quite the scene. We always said that, right? I always said that. You were like, just get him a fight. I was like, man, needs to be in front of fans. The fans you know, in Abu Dhabi. I was the one who said the reason he's not fighting is because the fans can't No, count. I know, but you were like, but he just needs to fight. And well, I was like, dude, eventually. it needs to be in front of fans. And wouldn't and you know have it? him in Abu Dhabi, uh, beautiful brand-new arena, uh, the fans are going to be fantastic there. The way that they run Fight Island area in Abu Dhabi, it's like it's second to none on all levels. I know I said that when I got back from Fight Island, but with the fans, this thing is just going to feel even bigger if it can. So I'm excited about Fight Island number three. I think we're going to see, you know, it's funny. I, I, I'm listening to some of these like general sports talk shows, you know, and, and stuff like that. Everyone talks about Connor whenever he comes up in the news. Mm-hmm. They're completely dismissing Dustin. All they're doing is looking at the result of the first fight in 2014, yep. and he it's won. And, I think, and they're like, oh, this is a, a, a nothing fight. They're skipping everything that Dustin's done since then and how yeah. much he's improved from a confidence level, from a fighting standpoint. And by the way, Connor's a better fighter too. Like, I think this will be a much better, more interesting, perhaps closer fight. I think we'll see the best Connor we've ever seen because I think he has a point to prove. He's already started his training camp and all that. But we're also going to see a better Dustin Poirier. Like people are sleeping on Dustin Poirier, just dismissing yeah. him like he's some scrub. That's crazy. This, it's by the so way, crazy. This is Cerrone McGregor of 2020. This is a totally oh, different fight. It's a much closer a, the, fight. Dustin's a dog, man. He's a full-on Lafayette yard pit bull. Sit in the middle of the yard. You put that. You put a pole in the middle of the yard, and you put a chain on your dog so he can't break away. That's Dustin Poirier. And Dustin Poirier is not going to Abu Dhabi to get beat by Conor McGregor. He, he's so powerful. He hits so hard and he's so much more durable, right? Part of the reason he was so like 
the part of the reason I think that he got knocked out so quick last time was because he was draining himself all the way down to 145. Now at right. 155, he's yeah. more full. He's big. He's strong. His skills have improved tenfold. He's become a champion, right? You don't understand how important it new is team. New to team. put that belt around mm-hmm. his waist. You know, he, he got the belt put around his waist. They can't take that from him. This guy has a championship mindset as he goes into this rematch and feels like the first fight was a bit of a fluke because he got caught, got knocked out quick. It wasn't even a shot where he got hit on the chin, right? Kind of hit him on the side of the head and he kind of slumped over. So imagine getting knocked out in that way and going, I can still beat this dude. I, I mean, it, it, I cannot believe how disrespectful it's been around the sports world in regards to Dustin Poirier. I did a poll when the fight was officially announced on uh, on Thursday. 60,000 people voted. 75.3% in favor of Connor. 247 in favor of Poirier. So, of course. I mean, people love Connor, and I get it. His fans yeah, are, are very, very... Well, yeah. I tell you that it's like with everything, though, Ariel. Like, I, you always last year who won the SP last year? Israel Asani was it Israel won it last year for Fighter of the Year? Yeah, I don't the know SB. if they did. Did they do it? I don't even know if they did it. It's like the most common name they're going to pick, right? right? right That's right, just right. the way it works. The most right. common name they're going to pick. So when I do stuff, if I'm voting on anything, I always pick the name that I recognize first. So when it's time to pick the NBA that's Player of the Year, I'm pick. I'm voting LeBron James, right? Because that's the one. That I, I oh, LeBron James, I'm picking LeBron James. It feels like what you're supposed to do, and that's why everybody's picking McGregor. Mm. Wait, weren't you the winner of the SP, the last SP? Well, I guess there was one over the summer, but it was like a different kind. The last time I think they did it was you. Really? Yeah. 2019, right? That was you. And then, well, think about that. At the time, what was the most common name on the freaking ballot? Yeah, but I SPs are in the middle. Two. Yeah, I get I the point. Fought, I hadn't fought for almost like seven months, eight months. Yeah, But when those people looked at that ballot and saw me and Henry and Amanda and Izzy at the time, what do you think the most common name they recognize? Oh, Daniel Cormier. I know this guy. I get what you're saying. The weird, the only time it doesn't work this way, it feels, at least for me, is when it's, um, you know, the fans are voting for journalists of the year because, like, I win every year, but, you know, I'm no, sort no, of the no, underdog. No. It, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a it's weird because thing. It's, oh, Ariel's supposed to win. That's a, that, that, yeah. No, that's I'm why the underdog. And so they're trying to, you know prop me up that sort of thing um anyway so okay so that's big and of course uh people think that the the year starting with connor and and uh poirier too it's actually not it's starting a week prior january 16th we find out out of nowhere blessed era the blessed era is back blessed era day for him he got engaged mazel tov yeah did you congratulations to my man max yeah i texted him immediately i'm so happy for him him and his girlfriend i think her name is alexis or alexa so, uh, Alexa, right? Her name's Alexa. I don't know. I don't know what his girlfriend's name. She's like a famous Alexa. surfer. Yeah, very good surfer. And just from the moment they started seeing each other, it just seemed to work, right? I mean, Rush, Rush loves her. They're all happy and they're going to make a great family. I'm happy for Max, man. The dudes, everything's kind of coming in place. Because you know what? All the championships in the world doesn't equate to, to happiness in the home. Mm. And, and it seems like Max is finding that. So I'm happy for him. That's a big fight. That's on January 16th. Calvin Cater. Uh, Let's not yeah. forget he's fighting no, no. Calvin Cater, who's an yeah. absolute savage. So big fight for Max coming back, but also for Calvin Cater, massive opportunity to propel himself into a title fight. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Uh, DC, I have to I have to mention this. What a great um, media availability slash press conference slash Q&A it was late last week. There's my guy, the Eagle, the reigning defending lightweight champion, Khabib Nurmagomedov, laying the smack down on people like you, people who keep oh. trying to pull him back out of retirement. Can we leave <laughs> Khabib alone? He said, enough is enough, essentially, in so many words. Stop bothering me. I'm done. I'm tending to my family. I've got some sheep on the farm. I don't know what he said. I've got animals or something. The bottom line is, I'm done. Can we leave this man alone, for God's so, sakes? So I'm going to be honest with you. When See. I listened to the translation, it sounded like Khabib was like, you know what, man, I'm good. I'm good. Like I've, I've accomplished everything. And ultimately there's always going to be the pool of another one. And he just sounds like a guy that, that, that has made a decision and he's okay with it. But, um, you know, he's going to Abu Dhabi to have a conversation. I don't know what the conversation is about. I don't know what it is, but we wait till after that. But if we're to take him at face value, he's done. And you know, man, right after he retired the week, after I heard somewhere that he was in a fight again, I, I texted him and I go, you have, you retired for the shortest amount of time that I've ever heard. And he's like, brother, I'm retired. He's like, I didn't, he said he didn't really change anything. So I think it's a whole bunch of moving parts behind the scenes that we aren't privy to, but publicly Habib is done. And that's what I take it as. I'm not going to sit here and go, what about this next one? What about this next one? Cause even though 30 and no sounds like a great uh, number, if he's not interested in doing it, then I support him as his friend. Yeah. I like the fact that he's being clear about it. There's no wishy-washiness. I think we should leave him leave him alone. Give him some time to think about things. If he wants to come back, great. If not, yeah. great. Just let's leave he him could, alone. Because he could he could he could literally change his mind in a year and nothing will change, right? Like, but I think at this moment, it's a matter of him just kind of still processing everything, right? Because after his father passed away, it wasn't very long before he was back in training camp to get no, ready for the game. So, so I would just give him time and just let him decide what he wants to do and right now at this moment it's it's being done so accept that just i just want him to know in a world of people trying to pull him to come out of retirement there is one guy who is standing by his side who's looking out for him crazy. cares about i support him. i support guy. right I support here the guy. i okay. support him completely. google loyalty my face pops up okay google translate now speaking of which uh daniel cormier what is going on you know i, I saved this for the back end of the show but, uh, you know, a different side of you came out last week, a different side. There is one man who can bring out a different side. I mean, what's going on? We're, we're, we're retired. We're a family man now. Now we got a newborn in the house. We're hosting shows on ESPN. And there you are rolling in the gutter with your old friend, John Jones. Oh. What's wrong with you? Why do you got to get into that? And, and plus, if you send the tweets, hey, you're, you're retired now. We could talk like this. Can you can you can you correspond with me? Because there's mistakes everywhere. There's all kinds of punctuation problems. That's, that's part of that's part of the deal now. Like if, if my you, tweets become help too you clean, out. if my tweets become too clean, then it ain't me. Every now and again, I take my time and I really punctuate and do it the right way. But for the most part, I'm just typing mad. Like when when when, when Jones comes at me like that, it it makes me mad. So I just start typing mad. I can so, tell uh, with your so bad I type Photoshop. Mad and I just use that. 
with the real even the bad photoshops i mean but the reality is hey when the evidence is that clear you don't need a you don't need a good photoshop i mean every single time there's like been an issue so you know what i don't get about this guy i don't mm. understand how he goes they proved me innocent they never proved him innocent they never once said he was innocent so i don't get it i don't get how he can say that publicly and people can repeat it publicly mm. that he was proven innocent no they said the drugs were found in the system but through like excessive cooperation or something, I can't remember the word. I, I put it on my uh, yeah my Twitter last week. They took his sentence back. It was never innocent. So it is what it is. Still can't stand the guy. And uh, retired, not retired, see him publicly, probably still get into it. It's just the way it is. You guys are going to be like Ali Frazier well into their 60s. You'll I just be at <laughs> you'll yeah, be at a memorabilia signing or something and you'll get into an argument there. It's just Absolutely. never going to work out. Like, he just sucks. Like he just, it just brings down your energy, man. Like he, and you know what? I took four showers. Like the, 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 I, I took four showers in the bath. I felt so dirty and grimy. I'm like, ugh. once again, his stench is on me. Like I, I don't want it. You know, he also smells too. Like in the cage, he smells really, really bad. That's actually smart. I actually think that's a smart. Smells, I would do the same. Smells, I wouldn't brush smells, my teeth. He smells really bad. <laughs> he smells that. really bad. His breath is bad and his his, un, his armpits stink. Oh my. Okay. Yeah, he's bad. He okay. smells. All right. Thank you for that. Ask um, Anthony Smith and those guys. I will. I'll call him after this. Yeah, you had to get that last shot in. Um, DC this weekend. Shower. You know, historically, it's a quiet weekend of MMA action on Thanksgiving weekend, but not this week. We got your guy, Derek Lewis, the Black Beast, returning against Curtis Blades. Important fight. Important fight in the heavyweight division, right? Um, I don't think the winner's getting a title shot, but the winner might be next. It's a little weird because Nganu's probably going to fight Stipe in March, and then if Nganu wins somehow, then Blades, if he wins this fight, is kind of in, in trouble because he already has two losses to Nganu, so is he really going to get a third crack? Maybe for Blades the is just kind of beating everybody off, and he just can't get past Francis. But this is, is a different kind too, of Blades. Right? Different kind uh, of Blades, different a better a better Blades also than the one who fought Nganu, I think, but also a better Derek Lewis. Who do yeah. we favor in this matchup? You know, after watching Derek Lewis's last fight with Olenek, I feel like he's gotten better in the wrestling. Yeah. Still kind of hard for me to pick him over Curtis Blades. Curtis Blades is good, man. You know, he's one of those guys that I've, I've known for a long time. Dude's tough, can wrestle, goes hard, and then he knocked out Junior Dos Santos, which nobody would have ever expected on the feet. So I just think that he'll wrestle Derek, wrestle Derek, wrestle Derek until Derek starts to fatigue and then, um, I don't know, maybe get a submission or, or just a decision. I don't know. But Derek will have to show some really improved takedown defense. But if Derek lands one time, it's over, bro. Mm. Derek punched me one time with his leg up in the air with a hammer fist. My eye was like black for like three, four days. It was insane. I couldn't see out of it because he's that powerful. He hits harder than any human being I've ever been hit by. Those two guys fighting at the apex in the smaller cage, they're going to have to bring in. It's like when when the big reinforcement went went against, was it Brock and the, and the ring collapse? Yeah, the ring went down. Boom, yeah. suplex off the top rope. Boom, Dang. right in the middle, ring collapse. So yeah, we're gonna—they're gonna have to stand against the side of the octagon to hold it to make sure those guys don't crash right through it. And also on imagine? Saturday, oh yes, yes, go ahead. Could you imagine that if somebody actually shot into their opponent heavyweight and they flew through the cage? Yeah, yeah, I would love that. I would actually. Well, love so, that. Some people have gone through the 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 cage door. I've seen Ooh, that. Yeah. That, Win, please. Like, like king of the cage or something. I'd like not, to see that. I don't know about UFC, but it's definitely happened before. But then what about on the same night, the return of Mr. Iron Mike Tyson himself against Roy Jones oh. Jr.? Are you, are you going to watch this? <laughs> this is wait. craziness. This Absolutely. Is crazy. Nate Yo, Robinson against Logan Paul. 
And, I mean, and I'm watching the whole card. I'm watching the whole card. Israel Adesanya on commentary, which I actually think is a brilliant move, and I think he's, he's going to do really smart. well. He yes. puts himself in front of a different audience. I can't wait to, to watch this fight. Mike Tyson looks fantastic. Roy Jones feels like he can just beat Mike. I mean, and, and honestly, at first, when this whole thing was announced, it was, they're going to wear headgear. They're going to mm. do this. They're going to do this. All of a sudden, they make a belt for it. <laughs> I mean, well, they made the Black Lives belt They made the Black Lives Matter title, put it on the line for Jones versus Tyson. It's crazy. Like it's so crazy that they made a belt for this event, took off the headgear, no, made it a real fight. Remember before it was like it'll Andy Foster goes, it'll be it'll be a, it'll pretty much be a sparring match. You know, he's a country boy, you know, which is odd because he's from California, but sounds like well, no, he's originally from Georgia. He's from Georgia. Well, he sounds like he's from Oklahoma. Okay. Andy Foster sounds like he's from Oklahoma. He tells he goes, it's just gonna be a, a sparring match. And now it's a real fight, and I can't wait for it. Uh he, this is when he calls me, he goes, Ariel, I gotta tell you, it's <laughs> yeah. not gonna be a real and I love Andy Foster, he's one of the all-time best. No, but here are the actual rules: two-minute rounds, so it's technically an exhibition. Two-minute okay. rounds, which by the way, Tyson and Jones aren't happy about. They wanted the three-minute rounds. Um, no headgear. California will not be judging it, but the WBC is bringing three legends to actually judge the fight. Um, so they will please judge. Tell me, please tell me. No, I, I actually don't know who the legends are. Uh, it's oh. somewhere online. I miss it. But um, what's weird about it is Andy's saying no knockdowns. WBC and the promoters are saying yes, knockdowns. The whole thing seems like a bit of a car crash. But I have to admit, I'm intrigued. Nate Robinson, former Nick. On the card against well, you were the guy that you hosted the press conference. Like well, you were right in the thick of it. Well, you were no, right in the thick of it. I was no. like, wow, look at this. Maybe guy. I'll show up on Saturday night. You don't know, like Bali. <laughs> on Zoom. On Zoom. Maybe you, you won't show house. up. No, I'm not. Hey, now let's go back to the back. We got Mike Tyson after his victory with Ariel <laughs> Hawani. It'll be like a standing TV with your head. Hey, yeah, Mike. Um, you'll be looking in the wrong direction like you point to me every single week. Hey, Mike, uh, what do you Wearing think about the victory? <laughs> I haven't put on pants wait. in like nine I'm months. I'm paying whatever it costs to watch this fight. Okay, I think it's forty nine ninety five. It's on Thriller, and it's guys. It's on no, no. You thriller. can get it on traditional paper. You can get it. Anywhere. Oh, you can now. Yeah, so it's not yeah, on Thriller. Yeah. No, you can what get happened? it on Directv. Anything. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, it's so Thriller, not thriller? thriller. No, it's Thriller. thriller. They, they they want you to go there, but you can also get it anywhere in demand. Oh, you can get it anywhere. Okay. On demand, Thriller. You can get it anywhere. You can watch the legends, Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones. I cannot wait for it. Speaking of Roy Jones. Anderson Silva officially released and says he's going to keep fighting at 45. And I thought of Anderson while I was watching Shogun on Saturday. What are we, what are we like? Do we want to see these guys keep fighting? Shogun's 38 years old, bro. I know. Shogun's 38. He's He's my age. Shogun is 38 years old and he just doesn't look like himself anymore. I mean, but he hurt himself real bad early in the fight. You saw his elbow to photo. So, oh man, he didn't get taken down that easy by Paul Craig the first time. So, Maybe the elbow was the real issue, but when you when you look when you think back to Shogun back in the day, you know you definitely aren't seeing the same guy. Uh, Anderson still fighting. Look, man, you can't you can't pull the love for something out of a man's heart. You know you can't you can't take that from him. So if he wants to fight, let him fight. I mean, he can go fight. It is what it is. Where do you think he what goes? What sucks for me? What sucks for me is that Scott Cochran and we're like we're not interested. And like there was there was a time that if Anderson Silva was on the market, everybody oh. would want him. Yeah. So it's unfortunate that he's at a place in his career now where neither of the two biggest organizations in the world really want a piece of him. Anderson versus Shogun, Ryzen, New Year's Eve. That would be great. I mean, but Shogun ain't getting cut. 
Dana said he doesn't want to see him fight anymore. Yeah, but he still. Had, but then he There's also said more. he still has two fights on his contract, yeah. so it sounds like the door's open if he does want to continue to compete. And honestly, before this, Ariel, his last like eight fights, Shogun is like one six of them. He's one six. It just gets a little sad, you know. Like I don't want yeah. to see the heroes go. It's selfish. I know it's his life, but it's the way Both it is. Need to retire at thirty eight, right, Ariel? But, the way it is, Ariel. Mm-hmm. We've always spoken about this. Like our champions don't go out glorified. That's just not the way the world works. Like usually, you go out on your back. The greatest champions go out on their backs. That's just the way it is. Except for one. Habib? No, George. George St. Pierre. He went out. St. Pierre went out on top. Like St. Pierre went on two of them, right? Mm -hmm. Habib and St. Pierre went out on top. It doesn't happen that, that often. So those are the uh, the guys at the tail end of their careers. But DC, I got to say, this was one of my favorite weeks of MMA of the entire year. It started really on Thursday. There was some other stuff Wednesday, Tuesday. But Thursday, AJ McKee pulling oh, off one of the best subs of the year. A young stud, 25, future face of Bellator. If, in fact, he does fight Patricio Pitbull in the finals of the World Grand Prix, he made it to the finals of the Featherweight Grand Prix, but Pitbull has one more fight left against Emmanuel Sanchez. That's going to be one of the biggest fights that Bellator has ever put on. Then Friday, Kayla Harrison making her featherweight debut, completely annihilates Courtney King with those elbows. First time, by the way, that Kayla Harrison can use elbows in an MA fight because at PFL, they, uh, they don't use elbows. And then, like an hour later, Alex Pajeda, kickboxer, comes over to LFA, guy who beat Izzy twice in kickboxing. And honestly, this was one of the scariest moments, I will admit. Five minutes, his opponent, I believe Sean Powell's name, five minutes. DC, I was counting. I was he watching. He was out for five minutes? Five minutes, face down, was not moving, did not open his eyes for five minutes. Luckily, at the end, he walked out on his own. That's but those scary. three performances, back to back to back, was amazing stuff. Which one impressed you the most? You know, fantastic. You know, and Kayla Harrison, who I think is an absolute stud, and I think that she is going to make a lot of noise as she goes forward. Being in PFL, we've seen PFL champions move over to the UFC, so I'm excited to see if one day maybe she's there. But AJ McKee, man, I mean, the fact that he continues to exceed expectation, especially as the fights are supposed to be getting tougher, and he fought Darion Caldwell. It's not like Darion Caldwell is a bum. Darion Caldwell is a former champion, and for him to beat him as quickly as he did it shows that he's real but that um, sub was weird man it was a weird sub still don't know the name of it i mean people have been trying to say what it is 100 percent. eddie yeah, bravo the people like the people that know like guys like eddie bravo know but mm. some people try to pretend they're smarter than they are and they start putting names on things when we don't really know so let guys like Eddie Bravo tell you what that submission was. I can, or, or I can bring Dan- it down for you now if you or want. Or John Danaher or, mm-hmm. or one of those high uh, – Leandro Vera. One of those high-level jiu-jitsu guys can tell us what that is because it was different. It was something we hadn't seen much of before. But A.J. McKee, man, young stud that truly has a long future in mixed martial arts. He calls it a McKeatine, in case you're wondering. And That's by the way, he, he won't leave Bellator anytime soon because they're going to keep him – and they should. He's one of their bright young stars. Alex Pajeda, by the way, I think this time next year will be in the UFC. And l- let's see. You know, he's got some ways to go, but there's a fight that could be made there down the line, very much yeah, down well, the line between him and Izzy. Izzy's, Izzy's, I mean, listen, that knockout in kickboxing was so long ago. And also, hey, Israel Asanya today is one of the best mixed martial artists in the 100%. world. 100%. So Al- down Pajeda, the line. Would move, Pajeda would move into this thing at such a disadvantage that I don't know if he could ever close the gap on that Asanya at this point. But when he hits people, I was talking to Rogan about this Saturday. Rogan goes, 
when he hits people, he's it's like something I've never seen before. How they just kind of go out. He's like, yeah, like he's never seen bat. that before. Like, yeah, he's like he's in with a baseball bat, and it's crazy. Speaking of Saturday, before we go, my favorite moment of the entire night wasn't what Figgy did. Although, I mean, Figgy, Figgy, Figgy. Is that what you guys are calling him now? Yeah, that what you call him now? That's what I call him. I mean, that's just me because you know I'm allowed to do that because I'm the the president of the fan club. No, my favorite moment was Mark Ratner getting some love because, you know, oh. there's a lot of new fans who don't know who Mark Ratner is and don't know about his influence on the sport and the respect that he garners and the respect that he developed for the sport just by being a part of the UFC, former head of the Nevada State Athletic Commission, then moves over. That was a big deal. That was a massive deal when he came over from Nevada to then be the VP of regulatory affairs, which basically means like when he came into the UFC, Everyone, like every state, almost every state, not every state, like let's say, I don't know, top of my head, people are going to hate me. You know, like here, John McCarthy and Josh Thompson are going to do a whole segment on me getting this number wrong. <laughs> like 70%, let's say, of the country did not legalize MMA at that point. And forget about Canada, which was basically like nothing. And he just went in there and helped and get the whole sport. every state and said, hey, MMA is where it's at. We and they all knew him and respected him and listened to him, right? It was a massive uh, steal for the UFC. That huge. I say he almost made it legit, right? Whenever mm-hmm. Mark Ratner goes in and, and speaks on your behalf to get the event regulated in that state, people listen. There are certain people that carry a level of of, of professionalism and also a reputation of of excellence that when they go in to talk to you, you listen. Mark Ratner is one of those guys, and it was great to see him get get inducted into the Hall of Fame, get his and get notified of his nom of his uh yeah it was nice he didn't know he didn't know that was happening he didn't know that his family was gonna be i saw him at the end and i go hey congratulations mark and he goes oh man when you talk about someone that did not know that this was happening he's a great man i love that that's what the hall of fame should be about you know recognizing people like him like jeff blatnick you know the real trailblazers of this sport and i loved that he got his moment in the sun there one of my favorite people always checks on me always nice always wishes me a shabbat shalom when i see him friday at the wayne's i mean a true mensch if there was ever a mensch it's mark <laughs> Radner, who by the way moonlights as a as a like a timekeeper at high school basketball does that's crazy Raiders, right does unlv like the guy is a legend and he's he like loves sports keeping yeah he just loves sports that's one of the things that you 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 see in a lot of older people that have been around sports. They just love sports. Like that's why you see older gentlemen just at baseball games in the same seats that they've been in since the sixties, right? Yeah. They just they just love it. Like they just love sports, and anytime they can be around sports, that's where they want to be, and that's how Mark Ratner is. And how about on his final week? As a WWE superstar, there he is, the dead man, the undertaker, the final farewell, doing an interview with me, DC. And I asked, as the leader of the locker room, I said, hey, you you judge right here and now. You're the judge of wrestler's court. You're the one who everyone, the boys in the back, as they say, everyone listens to you. What would happen if my guy, Daniel Cormier, waltzed into that ring? What would happen? And he put you over unlike any No, other. he didn't. I didn't see it. What did he say? I mean, you don't, you don't please watch tell me, Please stuff. tell me. He put please you tell me. Please tell me. Please tell me. Please tell me. Daniel Cormier is a phenomenal athlete. He's a two-time Olympian. I mean, he knew he knew the resume. <laughs> and he said, anyone, anyone who discredits this man and doesn't think that he could go into that ring and sell out an arena or headline WrestleMania, you're sorely mistaken. And, the, and the, they'll have to, and I'm, I'm improvising a little bit here, but you'll have to deal with me, me being the dead man. Oh, That's the what dead man? So, hey, hey, could you imagine? Could Booker, you imagine? Paul Heyman, Roman, hey. AJ Styles, The Miz. We don't need any of you. We got the dead man. Hey, could you imagine? Well, at this point, can I just say this? At this point, you've been bumped. <laughs> if I'm walking to WrestleMania, now I'm getting tailed <laughs> by The Undertaker. Sorry. I'm sorry, Ariel. I, I love you. 
I love I respect it. it. I respect it. If the Undertaker's got my back, I feel much more comfortable because you remember, you want to do it? Oh, you remember? You want to do it? Hey, yes. You want to do it? He's not afraid of Brock to go fist. The Undertaker, I watched the last ride. He goes, hey, man, I sit back and I think back in the day I was a bad, bad boy. <laughs> I love that part. When Undertaker goes, and I, I, I feel myself today and I wonder, well, what did the time go? What happened? You know, in that deep, sudden, you know, yep, accent. Yep. Love that guy, man. Thank you. Thank you. Undertaker, I appreciate it, and uh, I can't wait to get get in front of him and meet him and talk to him and pick his brain about everything. Okay, I don't know about all that. I, don't, I think you kind of took the compliment and, and turned no, it no, into I'm a going, meeting. Going. No, when I go, when I get to oh right, okay, gotcha, get, gotcha. Okay, WWE, everything <laughs> opens up and I'm in his presence. Sure, I can't wait to pick his brain and talk to him about everything and, and tell him some of my mixed martial arts stories because guess what, he loves MMA. He loves it. Yeah, he absolutely loves MMA. So I was wearing the gloves last night. We have value. Right. Mm -hmm. So we have value. If we go over there, we're not going just to learn. We can talk about the stories that we have from the greatest sport in the world, mixed martial arts. Uh, Listen to this. This is a great tagline. DC, we're not here to take part. We're here to take over. Wow. Is that original or what? Is that original? I can't remember that. I can't remember that. All right. Uh, (laughs) We're out of time, DC. We're out of time. Time flies when you're having fun. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family, DC. Thanks to everyone who continues to rate, download, subscribe, and review. Uh, We appreciate you very much. We appreciate everything that the fans are doing for us, uh, helping us climb the charts here at ESPN. And uh, we shall be back next week to talk about Blades Lewis, to talk about Tyson Jones, and all the other madness that goes on in the world of MMA. And, of course, Davison Figueredo, who at that point will be two weeks away from headlining another pay-per-view. Back-to-back, Jack. Yes, you wanted to say something? It's going to be crazy, man. I can't wait. Hey, shout out to Taysom Hill. Uh, first win as a starting quarterback. Okay. All right. Anyway, the, the music's Saints, playing. Baby. I settled okay. in the role for the Saints, baby. Back next week, same time and place. Until then, we say pace. We're out of here.